podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about body wisdom. Now, our body plays a crucial role in our survival. And in recent episodes, I've really been focusing on the mental. But today, I wanted to talk about how to create a really positive connection with your body and to gain wisdom from your body in a really unique and special way, as all of us are really unique individuals. Now, the body is a lot more than just baggage that we carry underneath our head. It can really be used as a tool for learning to create a connection with the mind and learning how to even practice a lot of influence over the mind. Now, one of my yoga instructors once told me, and a few of them would repeat this from time to time, something along the lines of, You don't let the mind control the body. You use the body as a way to influence control over the mind. And then from that place, you learn how to use the mind and the body in a proper way. It can be used for really a lot of different things. You know, when it comes to creating awareness with your body, it's crucial for health. If you're noticing that you have pain in a certain area, if You might experience like a lump somewhere in your body or something. It's important to have that connection and know kind of what's going on in a lot of different ways so that you can be taking care of your health. If certain foods are, you know, making you feel a certain way, then that's important knowledge that you'll have that no one else may really know about because you are experiencing it within yourself. Now, I can say as a professional choreographer and dancer, I've always been drawn to movement and that has meant creating a connection with my body over time. And it, you know, started at a very young age for me. I started dancing and training when I was three in a lot of different traditional dance styles, Western dance styles, more like jazz, tap, lyrical ballet, modern, contemporary, hip hop. And as a subset of my training, there was a lot of Pilates, a lot of ballet, and that really taught me how to use a lot of the different smaller muscles in my body more than kind of bigger muscle groups, which obviously also get used, but I was using a lot of smaller muscles that take a little bit more sometimes flexibility or different levels of balance and strength in order to access, which have to be cultivated and that has to be cultivated over time. And as I got older, I studied a lot of Latin American dance styles, cha-cha, samba, salsa, hustle, nightclub two-step, rumba, jive, and also incorporated some Eastern movement into my repertoire through developing a really strong yoga practice, practicing and in, in trying out things like Tai Chi, meditation, which kind of led to different forms of healing, like sound healing, massage, chiropractic, things like that. You know, and when it comes to Eastern movement arts, this does really incorporate the and encompass things in regards to meditation and movement. That's a huge principle in a lot of Eastern movement styles, whether you want to consider it dance or other movement styles. 
and it comes from spiritual influence. There's Confucianism, there's Buddhism, Hinduism, which is different than Christianity, which is a very Western religion. Um, But this includes things like martial arts, or in Japanese culture, you have Aikido or Karate in Indian traditions, which, you know, Hinduism is very influenced in that way. You have more yoga, and that's a different discipline. Or when it comes to dance, there's Baharanatyam dance, which a lot of people associate with Bollywood movies and a lot of the different dances with very specific hand gestures, eye movements, and certain very expressive body movements that are very physical. Now, in college, during my senior year of college, I really was deep into study of dance during my final quarter as I was wrapping up my dance portion of my degree. And I was able to work with some of the grad students that would come in sometimes to some of our classes and share what they were going through and what they were learning about through somatic experience. And this became really a different way. Like I was learning to approach movement, not just so much for performance quality, but more for therapeutic movement. And I have to say during that time in my life, it was the first time I really felt like I was really dancing for myself in a totally different way because I wasn't necessarily in the process of performing for an audience during that time. It was more self-exploration through movement, which was really, really interesting. And one of my favorite classes that I took while I was in college was improvisational dance, and it was led by a theater instructor for the master's program at UCSD. And it really was a different way that it was a safe space with a group of other students as well, where we were taking on different themes, different ideas. Sometimes there would be a drum. Sometimes people would be on the piano. It would be an absolute, like, you know, whatever you felt like doing, people would do. And we would use props. We'd use all kinds of stuff. It was very expansive, like mentally and physically and emotionally as well. Being in that class, we worked through so much in such a short amount of time. And it just really is something, a time that I look fondly upon. And I almost think that if more people had an experience like that in their life, how much they could heal a lot of pain and a lot of past trauma or just really expand their knowledge of themselves. And it really, uh, I think creating that deep connection also really allowed me to stretch my physical body and my boundaries in a lot of different ways. And I have to say, a lot of that did come through a lot of more of the Eastern things. You know, it led me to learn about things like Ayurveda, the chakras, Kundalini, which is really about igniting the fire within using, you know, your abdominal core to do that. And as far as like breath work, as I got more advanced in my yoga practice, doing, you know, really advanced breath work where you are literally getting into the intestines and manipulating that. It gets really deep in there and you get super lightheaded and it's it's pretty um it's pretty crazy to see it when other people do it. Um and it really is in a very intense emotional experience and even physical experience on your nervous system as well. It's crazy how much, I mean, we breathe all the time, 
and you don't even really think about it, but when you really start to do breath work and learn how to control your breath and have influence over your breath as a modality towards healing, being able to calm yourself down or being able to intensify your maybe focus on something, it really does become a very important tool and uh, it's been interesting to be able to discover that as well across a lot of different uh, modalities, whether it be through dance or more healing arts or whatever it may be. I have to say creating a deeper connection with my physical body and stretching certain boundaries has led to me expanding what I like to create as far as choreography. And it's kind of interesting, but I'm actually about to be setting a piece, which is a piece on a soloist, which is going to be really focusing on being kind of trapped in your body and sometimes feeling like you want to jump out of your skin or you don't want to feel certain things that you want to feel. And it is a little, it's a little bit more of an aggressive and borderline violent piece, kind of alien-esque. And um, it's, it's very, I'm very excited to be setting this piece, but it also got me thinking about how we can create a positive relationship with our body and kind of inspired this episode. So kind of weird how my brain works sometimes, but I roll with it. Um, But, you know, at the same point, being able to have like a really um, a good basis of emotional knowledge about myself and being able to translate that into different forms of movement and explore that has been very expansive to work with a variety of different students who have incredible abilities and incredible talent and can really bring that to life. And I can really share a lot of the visions that come to me through music and that I feel in my body and really set that on somebody and bring it to life through performance art. So it's just very interesting. And, you know, it's all connected as far as even, um, you know, when it comes to diet and health, taking care of your body in different ways, there can be a lot of intuition that we experience in that way, too. There's a lot of ways that medicine can come through plant-based foods and plant-based eating, and it's so fun. But it's really, really interesting to enjoy all of that. And I've, I've I've really been experiencing so many different health benefits over the past years of eating a plant-based diet and eliminating animal products from what I put into my system. And I felt a totally different level of health, which has in turn created more body wisdom for me. And I feel like I know what my body needs during certain times of the month, whether I'm doing very aerobic exercise, whether I'm doing very anaerobic exercise. I know what I need because I have that experience and I've taken time to kind of study that almost like a scientific method. Like this is what my hypothesis is. This is what I'm putting into my system. These are the results. These are my conclusions. And, you know, being able to take that knowledge with me from day to day rather than kind of let that slip away. I do take time to really study what works for me. That way I have that hindsight and I know what works for me long term and that's a part of accumulating that body wisdom. Now, a lot of the times we can think, you know, there's a saying that says like mind over matter a lot of the time, but thinking is really inseparable from the electrical chemical activity that's happening in the brain and the nervous system as far as muscle tension and movements. You know, I take a lot of inspiration in my life just from the heart and the lungs. You know, they keep going, they keep beating, they keep fighting. 
And it really is a symbol for our lives, you know, regardless of whether we're dealing with sickness or, you know, I've dealt with pneumonia. I've dealt with a lot of ear, nose and throat infections growing up while I was still consuming dairy when I was a child. Um, And that was a huge contributor to that, looking back and looking at the research of how that correlates. And once I stopped, it was (laughs) pretty much non-existent. But I've dealt with different viruses that have threatened my life really seriously, even staph infection. When I was three, I had to have surgery on my hip. So, you know, there are really real things that can come from different viruses and not taking care of your health in a certain way. But it's incredible what the heart and the lungs and the rest of the body does to be able to keep on fighting, keep evolving. And those two things work very passively in our bodies, but they constantly are chugging along and keeping everything working, um, which is really amazing. And I think it's important to befriend your body, to be accepting, kind and understanding like you would to a good friend to our bodies and really cultivate that rather than abuse. Many people have been abused, whether they've been sexually abused, verbally abused, emotionally abused, abused at work, abused in a lot of different ways in their life. And that's very painful to deal with. And many people, when they have dealt with abuse like that, they can internalize that or they can express it and they can put that onto other people and they may continue the cycle of abuse on themselves internally or externally onto other people and that can lead to a lot more pain being caused in the world you know as a as part of the global consciousness but for an internal consciousness you want to be able to be aware of that and be like okay acknowledge the fact that you might have gone through some really traumatic things and validate that for yourself and then moving forward from that rather than staying in a victim mindset be a survivor from that, whatever you've been through, and get the tools, get the help, get find the community that you need to to work past those things. And it might be a very brief part of your time in your life where you need that to move past that and to acknowledge it. And then it's like you don't think about it anymore. But I think it is important at some point to acknowledge certain things are not going down a path that you want, or you might be repeating certain habits of behavior or incorporating certain habits of behavior that are not helping your connection with your body and other people in such a way and that you learn how to change that for your for the sake of yourself and for other people. Now, when it comes to creating positive connections with other people, sometimes we get really focused on the external. And one of the principles of yoga is the greeting or the salutation of namaste, which means I acknowledge the light or the spirit within you, whatever you're acknowledging. That could be an inanimate object. It could be a plant. It could be a human being. Whatever you want to acknowledge, you can say namaste, what's up? So, It's important to see past a lot of the physical things. You know, I have a lot of scars on my body from whether it be acne, from surgery, from cuts, from scrapes, from burns, um, from (laughs) shaving my legs even. Like, you know, stuff like that happens. Sometimes we injure our body because for different reasons or our body becomes manipulated in certain ways for other reasons. But we have to look at the miracle of the body at the end of the day. I don't judge myself for my appearance, what I look like, or anything like that. I know everybody has their different burdens that they bear in their life when it comes to multiple aspects of their life. So it's not something that I judge myself so harshly on. And thankfully, the people that I have in my life don't 
look at me in such a way where that's all that they see. Now, the miracle of the body is really incredible. It's incredible what our body does for us on a day-to-day basis. And when we look at Confucianism, which originates from China and mainly the 6th century BCE, they really consider, it's considered in Confucianism that the body is a gift from our ancestors. And rather than obsessing over the physical attributes that we have to give attention to the miracle of being alive, really seeing through to the spirit within ourselves and with others, we can give attention to the miracle of being alive. Now, some of the really cool attributes that we have as humans, I'm just going to go through some of them just to give a little bit of perspective because I think a lot of the time a lot of us are on social media and we see what other people look like and all those kinds of things. And it's important to connect back and see yourself a little bit differently when you look in the mirror. So starting with the eye, the eye is the size of a ping pong ball. It weighs only about a quarter of an ounce and the muscles operating its lens move up to 100,000 times a day so that we can focus on all the varied objects that attract our attention. We would have to walk 50 miles every day just to give our leg muscles the equivalent amount of exercise. Each optic nerve is composed of about 1.25 million individual fibers. When it comes to the 9 ounces of red marrow in our bones, red blood cells are created at the rate of approximately 2 million every second to replace an equal amount destroyed. That's pretty cool. The brain has 10 million nerve cells and each has a potential of 25,000 interconnections with other nerve cells. The nose can detect up to 10,000 different odors, yet our sense of smell located in the upper part of the nasal cavity is no more than two patches of membrane containing several million receptors. The inner lining of the stomach is a mucous membrane into which are set up to 30 five million tiny glands that secrete gastric juice to break down proteins and carbohydrates. In the 300 million air sacs or alveoli of the lungs, carbon dioxide is exchanged for oxygen in one third to three quarters of a second, depending on whether we're at rest or engaged in exercise. The kidneys filter 500 gallons of blood daily. The heart, no bigger than a fist, pumps blood day and night through a network of blood vessels calculated to be 60,000 miles long. When a person is at rest, the heart pumps at 66 gallons an hour. Over a lifetime of 70 years, that amounts to nearly 60 million gallons of blood. When a world-class athlete is at the height of exertion, the rate increases sixfold. Remarkably, the heart carries out this feat with no more power than that of two electric motors the size of something found in many toys. It beats 100,000 times a day without rest our entire lives. The liver alone, sometimes referred to as the body's chemical factory, is able to perform more than 500 different functions, including to the production more than a thousand enzymes essential for good digestion and healthy metabolism. Like, how amazing is that? We have a new liver every six weeks, new skeleton every three months, new stomach lining every five days, and a new skin every one month. Now, Deepak Chopra says that the DNA holds the memories of millions of years of evolutionary time. When it comes to the intelligence of the body, Thomas Edison mentions that 
great ideas originate in muscles. And I feel like I can really relate to this quote a lot. You know, oftentimes when I'm listening to music or I'm in the process of creating choreography, when I listen to music, it's almost sometimes feels like ripping open a wound to heal it when I am like feeling this energy. It really is almost like energy stored in muscles in different places of my body and it's released through the movement. And really when I'm dancing, it's sometimes it comes from that place where it's just like there's so much that gets compartmentalized in different areas of our body and rather than letting it kind of manifest into disease or cancer or different things, which energy does have the power to do, I think it's important to express and release whatever's going on there and to be able to do something creatively positive with it through movement. You know, we can see this with musicians and violinists who passionately play and use their muscles. There's a lot of ways that we can use our intuition as well. You know, we can use our diet to... As a, as a modality for this. Sometimes we might sense or smell or something that's moldy or doesn't smell good and we don't want to eat that. You know, we can detect danger and follow our intuition and also acknowledge pain and discomfort, etc., to stay away from different things that might harm us. It's also important to be able to use your senses to avoid danger and stress. And sometimes when it comes to stress, it's kind of one of those things where your body or your gut says no, but your mind says, yes, I'd love to. It's like, "Mm, don't really want to do that. But then you end up pushing yourself beyond your limits. Could be physically when you're doing physical exercise. You're like, I don't know if I can do that. And there's sometimes where you have to push past that mental boundary, but you want to make sure that it's a gentle push, not a shove or something like that to yourself because then you can really hurt yourself. Neurotransmitters, sensory receptors, homeostatic adjusters, detoxification units, glands, systems, chemical regulators, genes, hormones, antibodies, nerves, enzymes, they all work together in the body for our survival. And this is a really miraculous thing. So it's important to be able to trust your body because there's a lot of intelligence working already within it. Now, when it comes to feelings and emotional emotional feelings or physical feelings, you know, we have the power to really have a lot of influence over these things. Now, I've talked a quite a bit on previous episodes about how to emotionally regulate, how to use words like affirmations as a positive way to create a different kind of connection with yourself and kind of trigger different neural pathways, trigger different positive things in your life that can contribute to a greater sense of well-being over time. Now, there's a quote that I would like to share from Clarissa Dincola Estes, And she says, the body is a multilingual being. It speaks through its color and temperature, the flush of recognition, the glow of love, the ash of pain, the heat of arousal, the coldness of non-conviction. It speaks through the leaping of the heart, the falling of spirits, the pit of the center and rising hope. We feel a lot of different emotions on a day-to-day basis, and this is normal for us as human beings living in a modern society. Now, it's important to be aware of this, and where you gain maturity and emotional health is 
taking time to respond rather than react to something. Now, sometimes we are also afraid to be seen. And this is, you know, I think why a lot of people can end up getting stage fright and stuff. They don't want to be seen or they only want people to see a certain side of them or certain aspects of them. And this can be notably noted on social media. You know, everybody's kind of filtering how they're seen because they don't maybe want people to see certain parts of them or certain things about them or be able to pick up on them. Some people don't want to show their weight, their wrinkles, if they have gray hair, deformities. And, you know, societally and even corporately, this is kind of shamed. And people are meant to think, oh, you need to color your hair. You need to get work done on your face if you're looking a certain way. Or, you know, you need to wear makeup to be more beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. All those kinds of stuff. You know, Really, when I think about it, like people who are comfortable with any kind of things that they have going on as far as with their appearance, whether they can be judged as positive or negative or whatever, you know, they're comfortable with themselves to connect with something deeper and they don't really mind their appearance. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in life who looks the way that they does, it's like oftentimes more so than not, people have a lot of insecurities, but it's important on an individual basis to look in into that and see how can I heal this? How can I not let this get taken advantage of? Because I think a lot of things in society is like people try to, um, or it's more like corporate interests or people that are like selling things. They try to like prey on the weaknesses of other people or the insecurities of other people and, you know, sometimes offer a, what they think is like a solution to that. But it ends up really kind of creating this whole other movement that's not necessarily positive and can lead to a lot of negative things. You know, taking the modeling industry for an example, it's like, yeah, they want to show the clothes and show different ways of dressing yourself and self-expression and stuff. But a byproduct of that is that many of the models that are on runways, especially I would say in the 2000s, in that area, like 2000 to 2010, even now, you know, models are oftentimes very tall, very skinny, and sometimes very like unhealthy as far as their weight. Sometimes they're not menstruating anymore. They might have other health issues as a, as a result of this, and they're not really taken care of. And then you have, unfortunately, people that have other mental health problems, developing things like anorexia, bulimia, body dysmorphic disorder, and a host of other things, and really not having a good connection with their body and letting that consume them and looking at these images in such a way where they are aspiring to look like these people that they see, which are most likely photoshopped images anyways, and therefore really creating a very negative connection with their body and not creating wisdom, but creating a lot of pain and a lot of suffering that is unnecessary and really damaging to their health and potentially damaging to their life. You know, there's anorexia and bulimia are two of the main mental health disorders that end up killing a lot of its victims. And it's important to get healthful help in regards to healing that for yourself and pursue a healthy mindset when it comes to those things. 
So although there can be really great intentions with certain things, sometimes the byproduct of that does not lead to a positive result. And it's just important to be aware of those things. We are looking at a lot of different images, sometimes thousands of images on a daily basis. And it it really does take a very um, specific mindset to be able to know what's going on with these things. I mean, oftentimes people can tell if something's been modified or not in an image, but sometimes it's it's a little bit more difficult to detect and it can really warp our image of what we should be looking like and what other people actually look like. You know, we've all seen those photos of different celebrities where it's like, this is when they're retouched on the cover of a magazine and this is what they look like, you know, without makeup or you know, maybe when they're having a regular human day like the rest of us do, running about town and doing errands and things. And, you know, you can see that, you know, people can get touched up and look a certain way, but why are we doing that? A lot of people do show retouched images on their different social media profiles and stuff. And this is, you know, something that people are looking at on a day-to-day basis. And I think it's just important to remember that there there is a lot of that going on. And so you don't want to compare yourself to that because it is unrealistic. You know, we've we've neglected to a great degree and many can say that they have or maybe they do take time for self-care in this respect. But it can be easier to neglect our emotional reality and that source of our self-nourishment Because that's really what we need for our body and mind, to feed our body and mind. It's something that's needed. You know, what you put into yourself, you can be cultivating a garden that's going to really prosper you for a long time and be putting these seeds metaphorically into yourself and growing different habits and different patterns of behavior and different methods of performance in your life that are going to be helping you. And there's going to be certain things that are just going to be collecting weeds that are rotten that like really don't need to be there. And it's kind of important to weed out our mental garden from time to time and make sure that whatever we're doing is for our highest good. And when it comes to body perception, a lot of this can happen in front of the mirror. Most people own a mirror either in their bathroom or in somewhere in their home. I know for me, I've spent... (laughs) probably the equivalent of like years of my life in front of a mirror just because I trained so much in a dance studio and oftentimes there is a mirror there. So as far as getting acquainted with my body, that was something that I was doing for a long time in that way. But I think another thing that is so important rather than looking in a mirror and being judgmental towards yourself or even using the mirror as a tool to make sure your alignment is correct in the terms of dance or sometimes even yoga Um, or different um, physical activities, you know, it's important to be able to shut your eyes in order to really see sometimes. See, experience, or feel kind of the magic that is in our body. If you're not driving right now, I invite you to do that. Just close your eyes and really feel the warm sensation of just blood traveling through your veins, your heart pumping, your lungs working, maybe different pulsations in different parts of your body, whatever might be going on, and just connect with that. Now, Bob Marley says, he who feels it knows it more. 
think one of the things that people don't really like to feel is pain, discomfort, struggle, suffering. That pretty much is hardwired in us as humans to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And for me personally, you know, I've been around long enough to experience those emotions (laughs) and some to very deep depths. However, I have a way of using those as a tool to grow and expand myself and it becomes a part of my creativity, not in like a masochistic way, but in a way where I feel like things that happen to me, I want to be able to make good out of it. That's really how my mindset works and any adversity that I do face, I like to find solutions and be resourceful to finding solutions to those problems And sometimes that means using my body to do that, or sometimes it means using other types of healing modalities or incorporating other external things into my life in order to be able to do that. Whether it be food, whether it be, you know, exercising with weights, or whether it be incorporating a lot of different things. I mean, it's just, it's really endless. Um, Exposing myself to certain like different types of research on stuff. I could go on with that, but really, I think um, music has been a really powerful tool for that as well, being able to put put whatever I'm dealing with and set it to music through dance has been a really, really powerful experience for me. But really, when you fear pain, you end up fearing a lot of other things. I've been through quite a bit of pain as far as like dealing with my training and stretching my body into certain positions that most people cringe at whenever like they see them or see me perform them they're just like what is that like oh my goodness how do how are you not in so much pain right now it's like i've learned how to breathe through a lot of that pain in order to be able to get into those postures so it's really been like a deeper physical emotional and spiritual process to get to that point to do those things so yeah (laughs) you know dealing with the pain it's one of you know one of my yoga instructors would always say the pain kills the pain whatever you're dealing with in your life if you are able to see or I think that might have even been someone like Patanjali or it's some yoga person in history that might have said that like the healing is through the pain And instead of trying to beat around the bush or avoid it, you have to go through it sometimes and find the the difficult way of experiencing it and working through it in a way that is going to help you heal. Because then whenever you experience that again, the next day or the next time you go through it, you'll have a route of escape (laughs) or a route really through the situation. You'll be able to travel it with confidence and it won't cause you stress anymore. Now, when it comes to the skin, the skin is such an incredible and informative organ. A lot of people forget that the skin is the largest organ in your body. Epidermis, right? Remember when I was growing up, people would always be like, I can see your epidermis. It was like that corny joke that we would always hear about in health class. But, you know, we can detect a lot of things through our skin, you know, when people say, oh, that person makes my skin crawl or, you know, it can it can be informative to danger or disgust, but it can also be informative of pleasure, 
hot or cold sensations or a lot of different things. You know, when you make decisions about things or stuff happens, sometimes you can feel paralyzed. Sometimes you feel it in your skin. You get chills. Your hair stands on edge. And sometimes this can be because of fear. This can be of excitement. It can be because you just saw something that really blew your mind. Um, And it can also be from physical stress, you know, Um, and that leads into the muscles, you know, which are obviously surrounded by skin. But there are times in life where you might feel totally paralyzed from stress and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I made a correct decision about this, whatever it may be. And, you know, I oftentimes think that physical stress can be influenced from mental and emotional cognition, but it can work the other way as well. You know, the body can keep you honest in a lot of ways and reveal weaknesses and vulnerabilities to you if you learn to study it long enough. And the benefit of being able to do the to do that is that you're able to work past it. You're able to see, oh, I'm vulnerable in this area of my life and then have the insight to then get resourceful and find solutions to whatever that if you want to solve that problem. Some people know the things that are wrong with them and they don't care to change them because they don't want to. That's a personal decision. But I really uh, think that Having that connection and creating that body wisdom with yourself, really being able to see those weaknesses and that vulnerability is is pretty cool because it just shows you other areas that you can potentially grow in. And we can always be reaching new heights in our life in a lot of different areas. It's not just in, you know, kind of traditional, I don't know, expectations or perceived success that are oftentimes seen in society and a lot of those things don't even really make people happy at the end of the day. It can make life a little bit easier, but when it comes to true satisfaction with self, some of those things don't always do the job. Now, I think uh, when it comes back to music, I feel music with impact. You know, when it comes to symphony, I remember one of the first... One of the times I was at the symphony, I really, really experienced quite a spiritual healing and an emotional healing on a physical level. Now, oftentimes when I listen to music or I go to symphony or orchestra or opera, um, anytime there's like live music or anytime I'm really listening to music, my body kind of works in such a way, and this might seem really weird to some people, but I literally feel the music if I close my eyes in different parts of my body, like working. Um, and it's just, that's something that happens for me. And this particular time that I went to the symphony, I remember I was just like crying just out of one eye, and I thought it was like the weirdest thing. But that is like how, like, my eye was just watering. Like, I wasn't. You know, typically when people cry, or at least when I cry, there's some like breathing involved with it. There's some like alteration in your breathing and um, that affects, you know, your tear ducts and there's a whole bunch of different processes that take place. But it was just like I was just sitting there totally calm and then my left eye just started watering and I was like, this is interesting. (laughs) So, you know, we can really feel things to a certain time, or at least, you know, speaking for myself, I feel things very deeply 
sometimes where it is on a physical level and I just experience it and I'm like, whoa, that's kind of interesting. Didn't know that would happen when I came to the symphony tonight, but I'll take it. So, you know, I think music, even that's minimalistic as well, can bring about that feeling internally. You know, if you're in a very minimalist space, there might not be a lot of furniture or there might be very clean, clear lines, simple design, things like that. And sometimes you listen to music where it's very peaceful and very calm. Other times you might listen to really hard hitting rap music and it is it's a reflection of that culture. It's a reflection of, you know, where that comes from, which is really from the streets, from different, you know, areas of the United States. Like oftentimes that's where a lot of it has originated from is from that culture. And you know, I think really music can bring about that feeling internally just as interior design of a space can bring about a certain feeling as well and that sometimes can involve feng shui the way things are organized there's that way for music and you can do that internally with your emotions and your mind and your and even your body, the way that you train your body, the way you exercise your muscles, the way your body appears almost like as architecture. There's a way to approach these different things and use your body in such a way where it is healed through what the act you're doing is or what you're listening to. And, you know, when I think of like violent music, you can think of like a space that has a lot of chains or a lot of darkness or it's very visceral and internal and i think when you create that internal environment or when you experience that internal environment you can then bring that out into the external environment through performance and expression of an internal state and sometimes people don't even realizing people don't even realize they're doing this and i realize what i just said might have some of you lost but i'm just gonna try to explain that in such a way where it can open your mind a little bit because i know it's a little bit out there but it's really just about thinking about what are you cultivating on the inside kind of to sum it up what are you cultivating on the inside and how is that being expressed and how is what is outside of you affecting that internal experience and then affecting how you're expressing that so And people feel and see a lot more than you think, you know, and someone's like, oh, that person's giving me negative vibes or whatever. Like people can pick up on vibes. It's not new. You know, it's part of our intuition. It's part of our safety mechanisms and our biology, in our biology, (laughs) biology. (laughs) But, you know, it gives you perception also. You know, performance is really an expression of an internal state. And all of us are performing all the time. Anytime there's anybody around us or if you're picking up your phone and you're, you know, going live on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, you know, essentially you're performing. So what are you giving out? Are you connected with what's going on before you're maybe giving that expression out to the world? You know, perception really gives us a privileged access to information about ourselves that no one else has and no one else can experience. No one will ever experience what you experience. There will never be another you. 
you know, regardless of whatever technology might try to replicate, the fact of the matter is there will never be another you. And that's pretty cool. So, you know, I have to say one of the huge inspirations of me wanting to study anthropology while I was in college as my major was learning about humans. I mean, humans are freaking incredible. There's so many things that we're capable of and there's so many different ways to live. There's so many different ways of expression, to dance, to eat, to travel, to like create and all these different cultures and all these different people around the world have so many different ways of doing that. So you are one of those people. You might look outside at a way another person does something and be inspired by that, and that's totally great. But I really feel like I personally get so inspired when people are really, really in touch with their own creativity and their own their own ability to tap into their intuition and bring out into the world what is most true about them and what we were really like kind of created to do if you believe that we are created to do things i personally believe that some of us are you know are drawn to different things in our life and we do have a ability to create and manifest things in our life in certain ways and there are other things that um you know i think maybe some people were gifted with to be able to bring out into this world and that there was almost like a prophecy for them i kind of see it a lot of different ways and i acknowledge that other people have a lot of different perspectives on that but I just think whatever you do bring out into the world, I really respect people that, you know, don't always go with social norms as far as like what society says we should do. It's like, really think about what you want to bring to the world and bring that and don't compare it to what anybody else is doing. Just bring the best of what you can bring and get in touch with your body to do that. You know, our bodies are sensitive, seismographic, and capable of registering slightest instabilities. And that's a really valuable tool to consult when you're feeling a little bit off. You know, is there, are you holding tension in a certain area of your body? Are you maybe having mental blocks in your perception about certain things? There's such a wide range of sensations and different awarenesses from life that we can experience and this all creates wisdom which is cultivated through the study of yourself and your self-expression i think the more conscious of physical symptoms and changes especially when it comes to our intuition can lead to a greater sense of healing in our life and also creating a life for yourself which is aligned with your highest expression and well-being during this lifetime for you I really think that it's so important to get to know yourself and know your body before you expect others to know you or tell you who you are. You know, some of us, especially, you know, bringing it back to when people deal with abuse, it's like sometimes people grow up and they're told that they're one thing or another. And part of growing up, I think, is sometimes you have to learn how to shed certain parts of your past or compost metaphorically certain parts of your past so that it can grow into different things, you know. Because other people's opinions of us, if we let that stick to us, it can affect our destiny and our life. So it is really important to understand and have a good connection with what you believe in your life is best for you and what you want to do 
what makes you happiest, what aligns with you. I know I shared some of my experience with that in last week's episode when I talked about creating a remarkable life that really comes from getting to know yourself and getting to know your body is one of the ways that can really help with that process because you can feel a lot of those things so much more deeply than you can even think about it sometimes. And I think it's always important to keep yourself open to different mentors in your life and the opinions of other people that can help you grow and can help you prosper in some way and can help you, you know, they can guide you along your path in, a, in different ways. And, you know, you can pick whatever savior you want in your life. Maybe it's Jesus. Maybe it's your ancestors. Maybe it's different religious figures. Maybe it's even Harry Potter. You know, you can just choose whoever you want to guide your decisions and who can <laughs> lead you down a path of really the highest quality life you think you can live. And a lot of different people have a lot of different opinions about that. I say go for it and choose the what you feel best guided by. Even take a multitude of those different perspectives into account and choose for yourself what you think is best for you. And have confidence in making that decision. Getting to know your body is a process. It's kind of like holding a lamp when there's no electricity around you, right? If you just have a lamp and maybe you have a candle or a lantern in there and you're just walking around and it's pitch black at night, so, you know, just imagine this is happening. You can only see a couple feet in front of you and you have to have faith and a really heightened awareness about where you're going and what you're doing. And learning to trust the path that you're on in life is sometimes like that process. You can't see way off into the distance because you only have enough light to light what's right in front of you. And you just got to keep taking one step and another step and putting one foot in front of the other and keep on moving forward. I think there's a light within each of us and we can be guided by that intuition. We can cultivate that light within us and really be led from that light within. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.